Hi, I'm Tony Hines and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. This is the News Roundup, all things impacting global supply chains this week. Well, I suppose the strangest thing of the week was the Wagner's group March on Moscow and Putin digging up the road from the south to prevent an attack on Moscow. What a very strange 24 hours that was. Not sure why they should fear everybody external to Russia when they've got so many friends inside. Be interesting to see what happens next. Anyway, let's move on to our other things impacting global supply chains this week. And I was interested in a report that came out about fossil fuel. It said 80% of the world's power supply is still driven by fossil fuel. Oil, gas and coal account for 82% of supply, the UK-based Energy Institute industry body found. There's been strong growth in wind and solar in the power sector. Overall global energy emissions, greenhouse gases, increased again, said Julie Davenport, president of the Energy Institute. And this will be a, a dangerous impact on climate change, And despite all the consensus to reach net zero and reduce greenhouse gas emissions, they're still rising. Solar and wind capacity had growth of 266 gigawatts. Solar energy accounts for 72% of that particular capacity. China drove much of the growth in both solar and wind energy, with around 37% and 41% of that additional capacity. Hydroelectricity generation increased by 1%, just over. And nuclear output has declined by 4.4%. And I think one of the most interesting statistics to come out of this article that I read in the I newspaper said that uh, worldwide coal production reached an all-time high in 2022. And the production surge was primarily driven by China, India and Indonesia. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because Indonesia is becoming more industrialised by the day. Of course, much of the battery technology and processing has been moved into Indonesia from China. But China, India and Indonesia account for 95% of the increase in the use of coal. And coal has increased by 0.6% since 2021. So that's going in the wrong direction at the moment. Global energy demand was just up 1% in the past year. In the year before that, it was 5.5%. But the demand is up 3% higher than pre-pandemic levels. So energy demand is rising. Renewables, excluding hydropower, are just 7.5% of global energy consumption. Up 1% on 2021, but it's not enough, is it? It's not going fast enough. And so this dependency on fossil fuels is still... 82% of the total energy that we consume. Apparently coal's share in the power generation is about 35.4% overall, so it's still a significant contributor to our energy. Oil consumption went up to 97.3 million barrels per day, that's up nearly 3 million barrels a day on the previous year, and the big driver of that has been increased travel, more people flying Emissions from energy reached a record high, 39.3 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent, 
so we're still headed in the wrong direction. And emissions from energy consumption were 87% of the total global emissions. So quite amazing that, isn't it, really? Now, something else that's been catching my eye for a while is uh, a little loophole in importing goods. And it's probably more applicable to the United States than it is to the UK. The UK rules on this are fairly complicated. But in the United States, the intriguing thing is that they focus attention on something called de minimis, which allows companies and others to ship products direct to consumers without paying duty. And in particular, the two articles that I read on the topic, one by Kenneth Raposa in Forbes, de minimis is China's free trade deal, and so again focused on China, and Catherine Masters, who also looked at China e-commerce shipments in June. And what they're concerned about is that leading Chinese importers such as Shine and Temu are able to import packages up to $800 in value, and that's without paying any duty. And when you look at it, it doesn't look much. But last year, the United States had de minimis imports of $1.8 billion US dollars. And Bill Cassidy, a Republican senator, is wanting to introduce a bill that would change the law and exclude China from that benefit. So it's all about China. But it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, if you can keep the package below $800 in value, you can ship it without any duty to the customer. It gives quite an advantage, not just to China, but to anyone wanting to do that kind of business. I suppose the real question here is, does this give an unfair advantage to e-commerce businesses as opposed to retail stores, especially for those low-value items. If you're able to ship directly from your base in China or anywhere else, and you can reach consumers in the United States directly without them visiting any stores, then that's a big advantage. And of course, it will take away trade from retailers. You've got all the costs of having the retail stores, in particular locations. Well, it's reported this week that Shell is apparently still trading Russian gas more than a year after it said it was not going to do so. According to the BBC, as recently as May, a tanker capable of moving 160,000 cubic metres of gas, which is compressed into liquid form, pulled out of a port in northern Russia, and the cargo was bought by Shell. Back in March 2022, Shell announced that it intended to phase out Russian gas. It wouldn't buy the hydrocarbons, including crude oil, petroleum products, gas and liquefied natural gas, LNG. And it stopped buying Russian crude on the spot market at that time. Shell says it has some long-term contractual commitments, but that it did stop buying Russian gas, LNG, on the spot market. And they're saying that there's a conflict of interest between putting pressure on the Russian government and providing stable, secure energy supplies. They also hinted that it's the responsibility of governments and not companies to put political pressure on Russia. Now, a couple of things caught my eye this week when it comes to decarbonising. And one was a claim by BMW that the UK needs to 
have a network of hydrogen filling stations, or it will lose out to Europe and Asia with the rollout of greener cars. So, a BMW executive warned. So a hydrogen strategy to decarbonise. It's not the first time this has been mentioned, but it's the first time in a while I've heard such vocal pressure. And the other thing in this decarbonising world is that we're going to need more pylons across the country. And those are to be built at speed. Otherwise, Britain won't meet its net zero targets. And they need, of course, perhaps changes to the law to actually get these pylons in the places where they want them. And without those, they won't be able to deliver the pledges on net zero carbon. So you can imagine there's going to be a lot of complaints about those pylons everywhere because people think they're unsightly. But personally, if it brings electricity and that's the price you've got to pay, well, there are ways to disguise where they are. And of course, there are always trade-offs, as we know. I also read this week that there are some limits, some rationing taking place on Twitter users. And apparently... Experts are saying that this implementation of limits could undermine the new CEO. What they're actually doing is temporarily capping how many posts Twitter users can read on social media. And the value of these sites, of course, is that people are able to read what they want to read when they want to read it. So if you start rationing things, that could be problematic. But when you look at the numbers involved, I don't know how many, but anybody has time to read as many tweets as they're talking about. But the real problem for Twitter, of course, would be the advertising revenue that could be lost if they can't provide numbers that say so many of these tweets are being read every day. So that's the problem. But the caps are something like unverified accounts limited to 300. Unverified accounts could reach 6,000 posts a day. But that was the first sort of round when they were talking about rationing. And then it was upped to 10,000 posts per day for verified users, 1,000 per day for unverified, and 500 posts per day for new unverified users. So they're playing around with these numbers to see that they can supply the tweets in the numbers. Apparently the problem appears to be that the platforms are having an issue delivering the number of tweets that people are posting every day. Not sure what's going on really, but uh, it was a story that caught my eye. And everyone uses Twitter these days. So will it cause problems? Well, maybe for advertisers, not necessarily for users, I don't think. Well, it's very strange what's going on in France with all the riots and the French police incident where they shot a young boy, 17 years old, and the response and anger that that's caused. And it really has shown France in a very different light as a nation in turmoil. And people are being told not to travel to France at the moment because of the riots taking place. So will the government be able to get control of the streets again? Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? And while we're on trouble, shootings in the United States are still going on. There was a mass shooting in Baltimore with two people dead and 28 people injured, and half of those were children. So still problems with guns in the United States. Surely something has to be done about 
gun laws in the United States to make the streets safe. The New Zealand Prime Minister Chris Hipkins paid a visit to China last week, and he was focusing on trade and economic opportunities. But these are contentious issues with human rights abuses in Xinjiang. And there are also security concerns when it comes to China's telecoms industry, which we've witnessed elsewhere in the United States and, of course, the United Kingdom. There's an election looming in New Zealand, and so politicians usually go on tour when elections are about to come about. We see it everywhere, trying to put themselves in a better light. And, of course, Hipkins has probably got a hard act to follow in Jacinda Ardern. He's trying to show that he's the best candidate to run New Zealand's state. Well, China is making some retaliatory moves against the United States in this ongoing trade war. It controls exports of some major important metals, which are widely used in the semiconductor industry. And they announced on the eve of US Independence Day that they were going to put a stop on certain metals exporting to the United States. China said it was protecting national security. Gallium and germanium products need licenses to be exported, and they've placed restrictions on those licenses. Both the United States and the Netherlands are also going to take action against China's chipmakers this summer by further restricting the sales of those semiconductors. They're fearful that they're going to be used in military technology. China's restrictions against the US come into effect on August the 1st, and they cover eight gallium-related products, gallium antimonide, gallium arsenide, gallium metal, gallium nitride, gallium oxide, gallium phosphide, gallium selenide, and indium gallium arsenide. And they'll apply to six germanium products too. Germanium dioxide, germanium epitaxial growth substrate, germanium ingot, germanium metal, germanium tetrachloride, and zinc germanium phosphide. Exporters will have to go through various procedures to acquire export licenses, according to the Chinese ministry responsible. And anyone exporting the products without permission will be punished. Doesn't say what the punishment is, but they'll be punished. And germanium, of course, is also used in infrared technology, fibre-optic cables and solar cells. So the tit-for-tat war continues. The Purchasing Managers Index in the United States has dropped to 46 in June. It was 46.9 in May. Factory employment declines and companies are reporting layoffs. And the spending on construction has risen by almost 1%, it's 0.9% in May, mainly due to house building. So US manufacturing has declined further in June, reaching levels last seen during COVID-19 pandemic times. And the price on factory gate goods continues to deflate. The Institute of Supply Management in the US said that there are layoffs as a result of the fall in the manufacturing output. Risks of a downturn are increasing as both businesses and consumers are dealing with the increased interest rates from the Federal Reserve since March 2022. The US Central Bank was embarking on its most aggressive monetary policy 
tightening campaign in more than 40 years at that time, and many fear recession is still on the horizon. According to Reuters, many of the economists that they polled said that they expected the index to go up to 47. Manufacturing accounts for 11.1% of the economy, and it's contracted at a 5.3% annualised rate in the first quarter, according to government data. But there are some positives that remain for goods like transport equipment. It was only one of six of the biggest industries reporting growth last month. But even in that sector, they think that the second quarter sales could decrease and that inventories will rise. Some of the problems faced by US manufacturing are the exorbitant borrowing costs and the spend shift towards services from goods because those are typically bought on credit and that's making a difference. Businesses will need to manage inventories carefully as demand falls if they're not going to increase their own risks further. Investment in inventories has become a drag on the activity of factories and people are becoming very concerned about the excessive stocks being built up. And some sectors such as computers and electronic products have seen a decline in demand. And of course the story that we had earlier about the microchips and the shortage of metals for those won't help when demand rises unless they've got that straightened out by that point. Falling demand is depressing prices for inputs too, because people obviously don't want to produce goods when demand for the product is falling. So that might push down the price of those raw material inputs. But it's the higher interest rates that are doing the damage. And that's both in the United States, which we're talking about here, and it's also in the United Kingdom, where those interest rates are doing damage to the economy also. And that's because of inflation, of course. Well, more to do with the concerns of inflation getting hold. Water supply in the United Kingdom has come under pressure in the last few months. There have been lots of stories about raw sewage being pumped into the rivers and into the sea, and lots of problems with supply as well. And the industry overall appears to be inefficient. And private ownership of water supply is also coming under scrutiny because what's happened at Thames Water is they've run up a massive amount of debt. And that debt, of course, has come through private owners deciding to take the company over and then fund the business through loans. And they're allowed to do that under the capital ratios that they're allowed to borrow. But they've been borrowing massive amounts of money, the private owners. And of course, there are claims that they've distributed some of that money to shareholders and of course paid higher salaries. And the chief executive of Thames Water has resigned after only a short time in post recently. And so she obviously doesn't think she can fix the problems that exist in the company. And she has a background in the water industry. She came from Seven Trent to that post in Thames Water. But they're paid massive amounts of money and they're supposed to look after the water supply, but they've been failing to do that. So it's uh, quite a serious problem and it's a big industry. And the government, of course, has placed some restrictions on Thames Water in the past week or two and is planning to take over the business if it fails. 
And that's the word, isn't it? It's business. I mean, we used to have water utility companies run by government. They were quasi-government organisations. And the question is, should they still be? It's such an important sector for everybody. Everybody needs water. And everybody needs clean water. And they need to know that waste materials are dealt with properly by the companies. But this is quite a break in confidence between the water companies and the public. So is this just another story of public utilities being sold off for profit to capital investors who see water like any other business? And is that the problem? Well, some think it is. And there are companies saddled with debt now. And it's going to take some considerable investment to put things right. And if the government happened to take over the running of Thames Water, which it could do, it will be the public that will pay for the private returns that have been paid out through their taxes. Now you might wonder why central banks are so concerned about inflation and why they continue to raise interest rates, which is obviously hurting both consumers and borrowers for business through the higher interest rates that come into play on borrowing. So if you're a consumer, for example, you might have a mortgage that you're paying to purchase your house, and that means that your mortgage interest has gone up. And if you're a business, of course, you've got borrowing that you have to pay at higher interest rates because of the inflationary pressure and central banks pushing up the bank rate. And you might wonder why all this is a dilemma for central banks and, of course, for government. Well, it goes back to something that economists will know about and was examined in the 20th century. And it's something called the Phillips curve. And this was a concept that looked at the inverse relationship between unemployment and inflation. And so the idea of the Phillips curve is lower unemployment is associated with higher inflation and vice versa. But the Phillips curve has been challenged, the logic of the Phillips curve, by monetarist economists who argued that this trade-off doesn't hold in the long run. And yet somehow the data still seems to suggest that it does. And therefore, if, if you allow some inflation to happen in an economy, it means that you're likely to have better employment prospects than if you try to push inflation down. And if there's a hard pressure pushing down on inflation and taking money out of the economy, so you're sucking people's disposable incomes away, and businesses can't spend as much, they can't invest as much, and the same for consumers, they can't spend as much, and prices at that time are rising, that will force businesses to cut back. And as businesses cut back, of course, they won't need as many people in their organisations. Because if your products aren't in demand, then you don't need the people to make the product. It's as simple as that. So as central banks try to push down inflation by raising interest rates and reducing disposable incomes, which puts pressures on consumers, then they, of course, are going to ask for wage increases, which is what's happening at the moment. And people are striking for more pay and they're asking for more money to pay their bills. And so, if you didn't know before, it's all about the Phillips curve. It's just like John Maynard Keynes said, the whisperings of people in power determine how we play out our lives in reality, or words to that effect. 
Well, that's it for this week. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains, and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon, all things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now. Bye.